he keeps Okay, him. so he can have a choice. You're going to give him one of those two, and his choice is either keep the treasure card Yee. in your hand, yeah. or return it to the box what? to gain five grit. <laughs> do you want the treasure or do you want the XP? Oh, this is like Monty Hall. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> seems kind of fun. All right. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we dip our spellcasting hands into the mystical lavender bag of Via Magica. Next, we enter without knocking and vie to take control of Vast, the mysterious manor. And lastly, we fly round and round and round <laughs> the world in desperate search for a place to land in Jet World. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis. Here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hi, everyone. Ed Povolaitis. Lick game, guys. And Mike Rainier. Present. Our first game up this week is Via Magica, designed by Paolo Mori, published by Hurricane in 2020, number of players 2 to 6, ages 7 and up, playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us, what's in the box? On the cover of Via Magica, we find a sprightly conjurer commanding adorable elemental imps as she summons forth a portal to an unknown dimension. Inside this portal, we discover 48 gems, 80 magic portal cards, 23 animus tokens, 10 rewards, and a mysterious pick bag. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we cast any aspersions on this game, <laughs> Evan, tell us, how's it played? In Via Magica, players are magic users competing against one another in a battle of spellcrafting skills. Players start with a set of crystals, which they are looking to attune to one of their objective cards. Crystals are generic, but a magic user will draw a chit from a pick bag, infusing it with that particular power. All players' crystals become infused with that energy for that pick. Slot the powered crystal to the appropriate objective card if you can. Once fully slotted, objective cards activate, yielding additional powers, benefits, and victory points. The harder the card is to complete, the more victory points it is worth. The game ends when someone completes seven objectives. The magic user with the most victory points becomes the master of the world of Via Magica. Via Magica. Via Massacre! Viva! <laughs> it's Viva it does make you want to kind of yell it or express <laughs> it loudly. That is one thing I love about this game. It is so bright and cheerful. The art mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Now, we played yes. it on Board Game Arena, but the, but the art was all there in its beautiful mm -hmm. glory. Yes, beautiful. I love the drawings the sceneries it, they're they're action-packed actually if you look closely at them there's mm. like things happening there's griffins coming yep. down for the landing with their talons all exposed and there's yeah and you're kind of wondering why did i open that portal look what's on the other side <laughs> i know i know very good very nice to look at and really nice like saturated colors on each card too i really love that and even like the little elements that are helping you out are like smiling and cheerful. <laughs> oh. Even when they're angry, they're cute. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. They're adorable. Even the earth one who looks a little curmudgeon-y, he still yeah. looks cute at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and there is 
there a spoiler there is that big word you yell every time you cast the spell which you cannot help but yell in all caps incantatum <laughs> training tatum <laughs> mm, potato <laughs> um yeah if you want to see us yelling incantatum there is a uh, Facebook Live or a, a, a Twitch version of this show. We have it on our YouTube channel now where we did a playthrough mm-hmm. with our, our fans and everybody uh, listen, uh, watching. And you can always check out our uh, Facebook Live shows on Thursday night where we play through the game. So if you want to hear us yelling incantatum, check it out on YouTube. <laughs> Among other things we yell. Why would it? Yeah, of course you do. Oh, no, crap. No, I don't. Hey, guys, oh, rule shit. I forgot to tell you about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> No, no, yes. no. I so, feel your agony. Oh, uh, he okay. fought for his own rules. <laughs> Normally, he's like, I, I oh. explain a rule that I forgot to explain. Well, now that I've done but it. Now uh, I've done it uh, to himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this game is a good amount resource management, right, Evan? It is resource management. You've got your crystals, and you have to use them to fill up your cards, but you only have so many. If you can unlock extra crystals, that's a nice big part of this game, getting more crystals Mm -hmm. to infuse with the right power so you can fill up your cards faster. Yeah, it allows you to have a few more, like, you know, plate spinning, as it were. And you can reassign your crystals once you place them on a card. If you feel like, okay, I can fill up my other card if I move it off of this uh, objective card that I already put it onto, you are allowed to do that. So it has some good flexibility there. Yeah, but it feels painful. Like, like put it there. Now we're going to put it over there. So wasteful. <laughs> yeah, you well, wasted a whole move doing it. But, oh, my gosh, I had to do it a lot. It often happens. Like, it's a good thing to do when one of the more rare picks comes up. Because each element has a rarity to it within the mm-hmm. bag so you don't want to waste it if you're looking for one of those difficult to find ones and it comes up but you don't have any more crystals you might move the easiest one to find off onto the more difficult space instead each portal gives you a special ability sometimes that special ability is just more victory point than hey that's how you win mm-hmm. but there's a little power there like you said get more crystal or maybe now you can use um no green add other colors or wild or something like that now you get more flexibility and an ability to like get your engine going. And, and I enjoy engine building games. Mm-hmm. I, know. I mean, those kind of cards were the first ones I went for actually. And you know, the ones that give you a discount, I, I sort of call it a discount, but really it's flexibility. Like Ed said. Um, and I don't know how much it actually helped me because the game sort of ended more quickly than I could fully take advantage of the, of those bonuses that I got. I liked it. I liked the speed and pace of it. It does end kind of abruptly. But um, I like that it gave you little rewards along the way if you were willing to just sort of take whatever came. You know, if you were willing to continuously reevaluate what you had in your hand and make a few good choices on what you could actually accomplish quickly rather than probably Mm -hmm. what you were doing, Mike, which was waiting for the epic uh card or something i was putting together two epic cards at the same time then it was working but there was one symbol i just needed there was only one symbol that wasn't either wild or something i needed every turn and it got drawn about three times in a row i was just looking for fire that's all i wanted just a little extra fire well what i liked about (laughs) it was the fact that you do there is a bit of playing the odds in this game Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. that there's a different amount of each element in the bag so the easier ones to get have more in the bag so if you want a tougher element, like I think fire was right in the middle, Mike. 
Yeah. So, you know, that one was may or may not come up. Whereas you could be confident in these other ones. So you, you ask yourself, do I go for a card that's got a bunch of easy ones on it, but isn't worth much? Or do I play, you know, go for one of these tougher ones that is may or may not be achieved? And it's interesting that, you no, know, the bag resets on a wild card. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to like, ah, okay, this guy, this one is always worth everything and it refills the bag. Yep. So every draw, it kind of changes the odds too. So you have to recalculate what's left in the bag and what the odds are of pulling what you need. There's another game that these guys produced called Rise of Augustus, which has a totally different theme, but similar mechanic. Honestly, I'm kind of glad I never saw Rise of Augustus because I love the way this game looks and feels. And it just feels right for this theme, so I, I, I'm glad. And if you think about that, because it was a nomin, was it a Spiel des Jahres nominee or winner? Uh, yeah. Originally, a nominee. You, you would think you've got something special there. Okay, you know, that's a nice achievement to be able to get that nomination. But no, they felt it could even be better. And they re, re-skinned it, relaunched it. So I appreciate prop, that. props to them for, for having the kind of the courage to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I respect. This game reminded me a little bit of Quacks of Quedlingburg. Not just in the mechanic of pulling stuff out of the bag, but also in that giddy feeling it inspires. This bag pull is really <laughs> exciting. So, you know, the results could, are not necessarily as catastrophic, but I did feel that little little thrill. <laughs> right. So it's not quite a push your luck like quack, but it's still you're hoping to get the right element. Because mm-hmm. you could find yourself like, all I need is a fire. Why mm-hmm. can't I get a fire? Right. Yeah, to me, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of Settlers of Catan, where you're like hoping mm-hmm. you get those rocks next turn. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. takes a one roll of the dice, you know. So, Evan, how did it translate to BGA? Really well. Not all games that are board games translate well online. We've experienced that. It's very hit or miss. This one works particularly well. And I have played the game probably about a dozen times now at Board Game Arena. Wow. And I really do like how it plays on the, in that format. Awesome. So it mm-hmm. became one of your go-tos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I, yeah, I, I went on a couple days later and played some more rounds. It was that much fun. I love it when a game does that to you. It's like, yeah, let's play a couple more times. Before you know it, you've played it ten more times. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's not a long game. It, it's it's it, no. it has some length to it, but not too long. It's it's just the right right speed, right uh, right duration. Yeah, once you know what you're doing in this game, you can fly through the turns. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury via Magica, Ed. Via Magica is a bit on the random side for me, but this game is very colorful. It has exciting moments and a nice touch of strategy. It's a great game for a little bit of light fun, so dig it up. Mike? Even though there was kind of a bit more luck than I like in my strategy games, I found it beautiful and still really fun, so I say dig it up. Evan? Via Magica is easy to learn, easy to play, and yields enough variety and fun for most board gamers. Dig it up. Yeah, the upbeat art and hope-based mechanics of this game nicely (laughs) achieved the light and well-paced theme that it was clearly going for. So I had a lot of fun. Dig it up. If you have thoughts about Via Magica, come and let us know. We are on Discord. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, everybody. We just want to take a few minutes to tell you what's going on with which game first lately. 
Mm-hmm. First, I want to remind everybody you can become a patron of this show by just going to our website, whichgamefirst.com, and clicking on Become a Supporter today. They are the lifeblood of this show. We love our patrons. Our patrons are the best patrons. Nobody has patrons cooler <laughs> than the patrons we have. <laughs> and that's not patronizing. Evan, is that a fact, right? That's like a, a researchable SGU fact that our patrons... You could carve that in the stone next to Mount Rushmore. That's how <laughs> much of a science. fact that is. Our patrons <laughs> truly are awesome. We love talking to them. A lot of them have popped onto our Discord server and chat with us regularly there. There's an exclusive game room uh, for our patrons only. Uh, we often we often talk to them about all kinds of things. They make suggestions for us. Sometimes we even game with them. So mm-hmm. join us if you want to hear more from us. And of course, you will get our patron-only exclusive weekly podcast. Bonus points! points. 15 minutes of fun with us all, every week uh, on just about any topic you can imagine. Oh, what, yeah. What else is going on? I don't want you guys to sleep on our Instagram because we are still <laughs> doing those Superfly unboxings. Um, we're actually no, getting no people Mike. to send no games to us. No, oh, Mike. What? Hyper unboxing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Superfly hyper unboxings. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't want to waste your time, but we still want you to see all the awesome stuff in the brand new box that we got. Sometimes from a brand new game that just came out that everybody has access to. Yeah, that's right. Fresh and clean. Um, also, sometimes we get games from uh, new designers that, that send them to us, and we still want to show you something that Absolutely. nobody else has seen before, which is awesome. They're all under they're all under 60 seconds. They are all music video <laughs> quality editing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, Celeste yeah. edits those. That's why she's uh, talking about it. <laughs> it's true, though. It <laughs> but it's true, true, though. They are really good. Yeah, you get to see everything in the box, and if you pause, you can actually read some of the cards and stuff, too. From shrink wrap ripping off to reboxing what else is going on so every thursday night we are now multi-casting what what is multi-casting ed yeah well we're we're just uh using restream to cast on multiple platforms so now we're on not just on twitch we're on facebook we're on YouTube Live, and if it works right, even Instagram, maybe. <laughs> That's the tricky that Instagram. It's the last piece of the puzzle. <laughs> the Don't ev- fight it, Instagram. It's inevitable. <laughs> yes, dude, yes. Let go of your mysterious and arcane ways, Instagram. Let us in. <laughs> so yes, if you hate Facebook, if you hate, if you have, if you despise Zuckerberg, whatever, you can get us anywhere. We are going to have a big announcement soon <gasps> on a major on a major special event yeah. with big names from the board game industry. Stay tuned, folks. It's so coming exciting. soon. Big names. Yeah. Big I've said news. too much. I've Let me be clear. Much. It's our event hosted by us. Yes, oh, right. yes. Oh, we are man. the masters oh, I pulling tell the strings. So, <laughs> coming soon. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, patrons. Yeah. Love you, patrons. You're great. Love you, guys. You're the greatest. Thank you, guys. Our next game up this week is Vast, the Mysterious Manor, designed by Patrick Leader, published by Leader Games in 2019. Number of players 1 to 5, ages 13 and up, Playtime, 60 to 120 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the vast box. On the cover of Vast, the Mysterious Manor, 
we join a bold paladin sword raised before a horde of skeletons. An enormous spider looms menacingly overhead as an evil wizard clutches his spellbook and begins casting his deadly spell. Inside this menacing mansion, you'll find five unique characters. The paladin, the skeletons, the spider, the warlock, and even the manor itself. Each with their own unique player board, minis, and other components, which are too numerous to name here. But trust me when I say this box is packed with bits. Okay, before we tell you if this game's appeals are vast, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Vast, the Mysterious Manor, players assume one of the classic elements of storytelling. A player can be the protagonist, in this case the paladin, or an antagonist, such as the spider or the skeletons. Or a player can be the setting, the manor itself. The backstory is this. The mysterious manor has sat in the shady part of the valley, abandoned for generations. The spider, having escaped her abyssal prison, is now seeking to return to her terrible glory while the skeletal guards of this estate continue to stir in the darkness. The paladin's quest has brought him to the manor. Seeking atonement from the gods, the paladin must destroy the spider before he is brought down by the spiders and skeletons. The manor itself changes, throwing up barriers and obstacles in which the hero must overcome as he struggles to survive long enough to vanquish all the spiders. Each role has its own powers, pieces, and paths to victory, and there can be only one winner in Vast, the Mysterious Manor. This game has a lot of little pieces, and we played it live. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun to hold all these pieces, a lot of cool stuff in the box. Those spiders were creepy. <laughs> I'm sorry. There were there's something about there's something about just seeing the spider being not it's obviously not real, but it's it's close enough and you've got one big spider that that eventually crumbles into a bunch of little spiders. Ooh, you can yeah, just picture them all awesome. like scattering on the board. <laughs> so, yes, I, I was I the mean, spiders, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the story of the, the happy family of you know, skeletons going along to the evil bad paladin comes along. We just have to get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> we just get around our day. It's all about yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. <laughs> the way that the game tells you to stack the spiders on top of each other is oh, it, man. Oh, gross. it was. It was gross. <laughs> it was like yeah, a it was cool. pile of legs. Ugh. I even think when you piled it once, one fell off and it looked like it was crawling down the other spiders. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So if you have arachnophobia, you may want to just play with the cardboard dandy. It might not be as intimidating. <laughs> yeah. No. Do yourself a favor. Use the real spiders. <laughs> every faction in the game, every player is playing a different game, essentially. Each person has their own pieces, their own stuff, their own rules, and their own objective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like somebody asked me, like, oh, what did that do? I, I didn't even know you had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ed had a hard time keeping up with the rules because everybody's play was so different. Yeah, it reminded me of Too Many Bones in that essentially everybody had their own like pamphlet to play. Yeah, I don't think it was that complex, but you do have your own player board which had, like, your own powers. You have to kind of figure out what they are yeah. and what's the best way to use them. Well, I definitely know that my character was really complicated because every turn I had the option to switch to another play mode altogether. Like, so, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm either yeah. this brood queen who's, like, helping the spiders to, like, 
have more eggs on, or to tend to the eggs that it, the other spider put on the board or I'm hat I'm laying new spider egg nests or um you know just breaking into tiny spiders to escape the paladin. It's almost like you Mike had two possible characters to play instead of Three. one. So you had yeah, so <laughs> different sets of rules for you. Yeah, three <laughs> sets of rules for me. It was crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was playing the inanimate house. I love <laughs> it. I love that you were playing the environment, yep. Celeste. Yep. Yeah, you're the banner. That's mm-hmm. so cool, I think. It was. It was neat. One of the things that made the asymmetry tough is that you're kind of on defense against one player and on offense against another player. Because if I wipe the paladin out, I I can't just celebrate, yay, I beat the paladin, because that makes the skeletons win. <laughs> so I have to just right. avoid the paladin while he tries to come kill me. Well, yeah, you're, you're uh, objective with the... Mm-hmm. They kind of get away. Yeah, that was my goal, is to stay alive long enough to put spider eggs everywhere. So the overall mechanics, Ed, are they complicated? The mechanics themselves are relatively simple. In the sense that you turn it, like, well, I move and I activate this power. And you only have a couple of powers that you can use at a time, generally speaking. But mm-hmm. the way they interact with each other, mm-hmm. and because each person has different components and different like different rules and keywords. Trying to figure out exactly the result of that action can it be could be tricky. Playing the manor was essentially just a spatial reasoning puzzle uh, where mm-hmm. a lot of it mm-hmm. was that anyway, not just that. But I could have been planning my turn while waiting for you guys to go all that time and still not be sure what I was going to do because, oh, yeah. I, you know, because there's so many different paths I can change at one time. So, yeah, it's not difficult what I can do, but I have so many options on how to do it. Yeah, and then one of the manor's abilities was basically changing the layout of the board. Mm -hmm. So the hallways can be completely different from turn Mm -hmm. to turn. So if you planned out, I'm going to move over here and do this, well, the manor is going to say, no, I want a straight line over here and switch tiles around. And then your whole planning phase is gone. Right. And likewise, if you're (laughs) in my way for moving tiles around, my plan is gone. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's interactive in a different way because you're not necessarily, in that case, adversarial. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're in my way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this game. Trying to move the paladin around where this, when the spider is dropping spider webs everywhere and totally slowing the progress. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. it with the webs already. <laughs> but then Evan threw some kind of weird torch power down that that sw- spun one of the hallways, which was a nice dead end for me to hide in, and it opened up. The whole back area for all my spiders were trying to hide. Yeah, from. yeah, no, that was neat that you, that you do. There were powers in which the paladin can change the direction of the opening, make what was a wall now suddenly has an opening to it and allows me into this whole other area which I didn't have access to before, and I can go crazy in that room. It's yeah. tough to predict when yep. the paladin's going to do that. I, I give you that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, for me, this game outstayed its welcome, though. Do you think that was primarily due to the fact that we were learning it as we went? Or do you think it's too long? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I didn't think it was too long. But to your point, I think because each role plays so differently, it may or may not match your play style. So maybe playing a manor was not your bag of tea, but maybe playing a paladin would have been cool. And I think that might be one of the hard things about this game because it's role is so different it's like yeah i like playing the paladin but i hate playing the manor Hmm. and that could be a thing there's yeah there's definitely a variety of play styles here which 
people might find their niche in one of them. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Vast the Mysterious Manor. Evan? Vast the Mysterious Manor is a very interesting concept for a game. I especially like the idea that one person got to play the house. That just threw me for a loop. There's a lot of replayability here. The theme is fun. And those spiders gave me the willies. So I will dig it up. Ed? The asymmetry of this game is very intriguing to me. It's almost like having five different games going on at the same time. So I'll dig this up to explore the mysteries of this matter. Mike? I really look forward to seeing how each of the different squads play. The spiders were a lot of fun, but I'd like to kick their butts with the paladin next time. And for that reason, I'll dig this up. The spatial reasoning puzzle of playing the manor didn't sit well with me. I found it a little bit boring. So for me, the game wasn't a lot of fun. But I'm going to dig this game up because I want to try some of the other characters. It has enough interesting pieces in it to make me think there's more to it than what I experienced. If you have thoughts about Vast, the mysterious manner, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And check out our hyper unboxing of this game on Instagram. Our last game up this week is Jet World, published by Milton Bradley in 1975. Number of players, two to four, ages nine and up. Playtime, 60 plus Minute. Uh, emphasis on Eternity. the plus. Yes. <laughs> Serious emphasis. 60 minutes. Their wish. Right. All right, Mike. Yeah, well, that's what's in Board Game Geeks at 60, and I put the plot there because. <laughs> that was totally an editorialization by yeah, Ed. Right. <laughs> Trying to be honest. I like Editorial. Editorialized. All right, Mike. Tell us what is in this wacky looking box. The cover of Jet World shows what looks like three family members clad in various shades of brown and orange clothing, (laughs) seemingly from the 70s, gathered around a game board with smiles that look like they're being forced at gunpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, they do. Those are plastered on. Inside, you'll find a six-sided die, or maybe two, I'm not sure what it's supposed to be, um, four airplane minis with stands, a stack of paper money, the World Trade Board with two cardboard feet to hold it up, one scroll of paper and a World Price Board box with a plastic knob to advance the roll, 24 article cards with slots for hanging, uh, six destination cards with a tab for hanging those as well, 24 flight cards, and 24 special sale cards. And that's what's in the box. Well, before this review takes a flight of fancy, tell us how it's played. And folks, as I read this, I'm going to read it to you just as the promoters of this game (laughs) wrote it up. So for your edification. In Jet World, players travel around the Jet World game board going from city (laughs) to city to buy various world-traded articles, some of which are worthless. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it says that. <laughs> the others so frustratingly worthless. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Save it, save it. <laughs> the others have a value that can go up or down according to the number showing on the world price board. When a player has two or three matching articles of value, the money paid by the bank when they are sold or used as a bonus increases tremendously. The object is to have the most money at the end 
when the value of each player's article cards and cash are added together. The game features exotic locations like London and Berlin (laughs) (laughs) and commodities like diamonds, sports cars, and gold. And that's Jet World. Uh, Exotic locations like London. (laughs) I mean, that's that's not exotic. Yeah, uh, New York is an exotic location. Exotic. (laughs) Exotic London. (laughs) The world price board is the most absurdly simplistic economical <laughs> implications ever i mean what it didn't even make sense right the spare, rare coins was on it but uh-huh. then you could get a card that said common coins yeah. that was a fake rare coins um, and you flew. couldn't reshill them like uh, you could get completely because uh, you get arrested messed up by the, yeah but who got, who got arrested for giving them to me just <laughs> nobody because this is international criminals yo it's even more painful than that because in order to even get to the point where you can go and pick up your worthless oh, junk yeah all right you have to frustratingly g- roll and move around this board in which only one of the six cities starts as being open and you have to basically get almost exact rolls to be able to land there Ugh. why are you on a plane if there's only one airport <laughs> open in the world. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Why would you fly in any other direction on that plane? Why don't you just go straight to the one open airport? And you have to <laughs> land at that airport in order to open other airports? What is that? What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> so, so you can pick up your worthless coins. What? What's going on? Oh, and It makes no thematic sense at all. <sighs> But another yeah. thing you can get are is castles. <laughs> Apparently, we're in the castles industry in the castles market. <laughs> I buy four castles. Sure, that's did anybody normal. notice that sometimes the castles were worth way more than like, or oh, sorry, the sports cars were worth may, way more than castles. It made sometimes? no sense. No, it made yeah. no sense. <laughs> no, it was, it, here's yeah. what here's what you could buy in this incredible luxury world. Yeah, you could listed. buy castles. This is what's <laughs> on the world price board: castles. Rare coins, diamonds, gold, sports cars, and something else. I don't even paintings. know. I can't think of paintings. What? Yeah, Art. or fake paintings. Yeah. Oh yeah, fake. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. and fake then you can get offs. scammed by all of them. So right. there's also a wildly unfair advantage that Paris is the first airport open, and somebody starts right near it, and everybody mm-hmm. else starts nowhere near it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're rolling one die. No, no, it's 2D6. It's oh, 2D6. 2D6. Is it supposed to be 2D6? We were rolling 2D6, but on the box it had one. And it makes more sense for it to be 1D6, to be honest. It does. Um, and you can go either direction on the on the exterior path of the board, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. But maybe they should have given you the option to roll one or two dice. But um, Oh, God. Because... We, we'll be here all day if we're going to try and fix this game, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no. You're this, right. You're there's right. no fixing it. Yeah, the fix is uh. to rip the board in half and use it for two other board games that you invent yourself. <laughs> and, and for your worthless coins, you get to pay not only an exorbitant price, but there may be a tax added onto it for extra pain, depending on if you're the second, third, or fourth player, there's a four-player game, to to get to that city and to unlock your treasure. So you have to pay tax on top of it. So let's say I landed in Paris third or fourth, right? I get to Paris... And I'm sorry, all of the sports cars, castles, gold, diamonds are all sold out. 
All we have left is this fake painting, which you have to pay for. Enjoy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Because who are no. you? I mean, what is the game? Are you the pirates? <laughs> are you an international trader? What are you? Because the, the thing you move is a plane. And granted, I did think the components were pretty cool. The yeah. plane sits on top of mm-hmm. a cool little plastic standee, and you get to move it around the board. The Looks world real, price yeah. board, mm-hmm. you actually it's actually a contraption that you turn oh, with a scroll man. inside. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, those two components actually look cool, except the rest of it is not a game. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, it's like parts of different games. They mash together, which don't make sense. Yeah. It had extra stuff laying around, and it just kind of threw yeah. it together into it. And yeah. put a jet on it. I think everybody knows by now how much I hate having to get an exact roll to get somewhere. This game is not just one exact roll to get to the end. It's multiple exact rolls. And that's the only time you can actually do anything is by landing on those yellow spaces. That oh, wait. No, no, no. Yellow. No, you can, you can also stop and get wildly unhelpful chance cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Chance <laughs> that's and true. community chest, basically. basically you're, you're practically yeah. playing Monopoly part of this game. Yeah, I don't know what they're actually called, but we're just, come on, we're just calling them chance and community I think it's flight cards and sail cards or something, but the flight cards, I'm like, oh, cool, it's a flight card. Something cool will happen on the flight. Yes, yeah. Pay $5,000 in taxes. Oh, uh, why? I'm already on the plane, right? I mean, or... Yeah, it's like, am I at customs or am I on a plane? Like, what is happening? Who knows? And and remember the card we drew, or was it Mike? Um, uh, you have to go to the uh, fuel uh, conservation oh. summit in your home <sighs> area, fly all the way halfway around the world to get there and go home with no yeah. reward. Oh, and what? pay a tax. Pay a tax when you get there. Yeah. Oh, and the next yeah. turn, I pulled another card. You've been wasting fuel. Pay an extra another $5,000 then. <laughs> yeah. Like, but insane. I went to the fuel conservation what is this game? <laughs> what, is, what is going on know. here? Nobody, nobody knows what this uh, game is. And then they have the insult to throw in a loser turn card. Which I pulled two of. <laughs> two! There's more than I mean, one in that deck. Isn't almost every turn you take a loser turn anyway? Because you don't do anything No need Yeah, it just one. might as well say false hope or something like that. When, <laughs> you know, Don't lose any money this turn. <laughs> Landing gear stuck. You can't take off. Lose a turn. <laughs> now, I was so struck by the inanity of the world price board. I started talking <laughs> about that before I wanted to get to the art on the board of this game. Ooh. Oh, there was okay. art on the board? Clip art? Yeah. Course, All right. <laughs> so the game has art. So, <laughs> yeah. It has art. Okay, I suppose. You know, it's very plain sort of textbooky sketch art of each city. Right. Like there's yeah, that's little, right. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. one little like cheap stock art sketch of each city that looks very old-fashioned. And mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of the board is just dots, triangles, and diamonds that you're yeah. moving along. And white space. Not not cloudy and, you know, not clouds and sky. No, just white space. Yeah. Um, the Also, the there, there was a kind of a cool idea for... The, the things that hang up on that board. It's kind of like a like a uh, pie wedge board that stands up and it has little the world flappy trade hooks board. on it. Yeah, the world trade Where board. you get your trinkets, your awesome yeah. castles and right. fake Oh, yeah. Oh, but it was so fake flimsy castles. Like, and the things were so tiny. My fat fingers just kept like... <laughs> Like flipping everything <laughs> off the board and it's I was just true. like fumbling with it. It's true. It was a hot mess. 
Yeah. Cool idea, bad execution. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Jet World. <laughs> Ed? Uh, there are some interesting components in this game, but there's way too much rolling the dice for so little action in this game. I'll bury this game, but it might be nice to see that price board using a game that's actually fun. Uh, Mike? The game concept was rushed at best. The parts were crazy flimsy. And, ugh, exact rolls everywhere. Lose a turn. It had all, it checked all the boxes of hate. So I say bury this. Evan? Uh, I'm going to design a game that has all the things just, Mike hates. Just the things oh, wait, I they hate. did. It's called they Jet did. World. <laughs> it's called Eddie Cantor's Jet World. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful nightmare fuel. <laughs> Jet World is one of those 60s-ish, 70s-ish board games that lives up to its reputation of being designed to burn an entire Friday night. I mean, seriously, 60-plus mm. minutes is the minimum it would take to complete that game. It feels a little like Monopoly, you know, roll, move, draw a card, blah, blah, blah. It's not a, I'm not going to say it's a terrible game, mm. but I don't think it's worth the two-plus hours it takes to complete this thing. <laughs> Bury it. Mike? I already went. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I can I can trash this game again if you want. <laughs> 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 You're going to get the double. <laughs> double. <laughs> double. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, all right. It. Well, I think it's all been said, but despite the <laughs> elaborately cool props, and I'm sorry, but the world price board was cool to turn. Agreed. And the planes were cool. The actual play of endlessly flying unre to unrewarding destinations <laughs> was an itinerary for boredom. <laughs> Bury it. <laughs> if you have thoughts about Jet World, oh boy, oh. we want to hear it. Come see yeah. us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and check out all our fun pics and videos on YouTube. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. And if you want extra content from us, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter Today to get our exclusive patron-only podcast. Bonus points. <laughs> bonus points. <laughs> if you get a chance, please leave us a like, a rating, or a review anywhere online. We don't mind if you do it two or three times in different places, too. That would be awesome. Join our chat on our Discord server. Server, We are at which game first. Happy gaming, explorers. Jet World, the game that has nothing to do with flying a jet. So, Evan, the paladin's goal is to kill all the spiders? <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Meet us at our next destination to nowhere. Jet. 